Welcome to episode number 108 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and today presented to you by our good friends over at SeatGeek. And we welcome back from my Cleveland Guardians, their catcher, Austin Hedges. And who's that? That's Bruce Wayne. That's that's Bruce. That's the famous Bruce Wayne? That's Bruce Wayne right there. That's Batman. So, wait, is that the one that uh, Will Myers would pick up the poop for? No, he did Bo. He did Bo. Bo. Oh, okay. This is Bo Jackson. Oh, oh that's Bo Jackson. Oh, look at Bo. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, Bo. Couple studs. I don't... Hey, uh, careful. Where'd where'd, uh, where'd the other one go? Brucey, come here. Come here. Come here. I love it when dogs visit the Rose Rotation. I can't get enough. Here oh, my. Here's Bruce. Oh, my. <laughs> Bruce. How big See, is he's he? Batman. Look, he's got the mask. See, he's all white. Here, he's got his cape. Here's, where's your mask, Brucey? There's your mask. He's Batman, bro. Aren't you? Batman. Dude, how big is he? He's like, he's almost 140 pounds. He just turned two last month. Is he getting bigger? Yeah. yeah uh, maybe not a whole lot. His dad was 165 pounds. Uh, all right. He's, he's going to bark his face off. He's out now. He's out. I can't handle it. All right. So first of all, you have to kind of explain where you're coming from because you are quote unquote back home. We're taping this while you're on a road trip in Anaheim. So is this like your crib crib? I'm home. I'm in San Diego. Yes. I decided to do the do the commute, come see my dog, see my wife, my brother-in-law's here. Uh yeah, sleep in my own bed. And so yeah, this is my this is my little this is my hangout room. This is amazing. So wait, this is like you're a guitarist? I play none of these instruments. I can't play any instrument at all whatsoever. I have no musical talents, but I appreciate it. And so we decided we're going to make this like music wall. So I got all this like vinyl uh, record players, a bunch of stuff. My, my wife and I are big on going to uh, concerts and stuff. So um, I don't know. So the, so we got some cool things. I got, I was gifted that guitar. Uh, from uh taylor guitars in san diego they do they they actually decorated the whole i don't know if they still do it but the whole visiting clubhouse in san diego uh is like decked out in taylor guitars um a bunch of players will get some and stuff i got like this this my wife used to play bass so i got her a a replica slash uh sorry not slash um what's the name flea uh red hot chili peppers flea bass and then i used to be the saxy guy so i had to get my saxophone I don't know if you can read the sign, but can you read that? Something till, what is that? This death is the sign my party? wife and I had at our wedding. It says, till death do us party. <laughs> Dude, you got it. I love that. Okay. Um, I can't believe you're driving all the way from Anaheim to San Diego for, for games. Hour, hour 10. <laughs> hour 10. It's not bad. I honestly, I go work out uh, in the off season uh, where I train is right, right by Angel Stadium. So I'm kind of used to the drive. I don't mind it. I think it was, I wanted to, I wanted to be home. I wanted to be here. Um, we actually got a show and go today. So we didn't even got to be there till like three. Oh, really? Oh, that's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it, so do you get to see like family, friends when you're home? I'll see, I'll try and see my parents, but, uh, some people that might might be hitting me up just 
I've learned over the years that uh, I feel significantly less bad about like feeling obligated to do things. Now it's just kind of like, nah, nah, it's, it's okay. Like we can keep texting. It's a good relationship. And in the off season, we'll see you. If you want to come to Cleveland, that's fine. We can come hang out there. But now that I'm here, I'm going to do it on my own terms. Well, listen, you know, I am from Cleveland. I love my hometown near and dear. If you were making the offer to people who live in Southern California to come visit you in Cleveland, you were going to be a lonely man. That's true. I mean, we had a, we had a freaking uh, snow out a few days ago. So yeah, that kind of sucked. So well, let me ask you your living arrangement. I don't want to get too pry into your personal life, but one of the other members of the Rose rotation, everybody knows it. Lucas Giolito lives in Chicago. His wife has been going to veterinary school in the Sacramento area. They don't live together during the season. So is, does your wife come to Cleveland? She hasn't yet. She did last year and this year. She has not yet. She's going to uh, she's going to move out later with the docs. So she just got done going to Coachella. Once again, big music people. So she just crushed Coachella. Uh, and then she's going to Europe with my uh, with my mom, my aunt, my cousin. They're going to go to a big, big Europe trip um, in about at the end of May. So we didn't want to do all that stuff and have them all out there. Then her go for a couple of weeks to Europe. So I think when she gets back, she's going to come out with me um, for at least the, the end of the season. So let me get this straight. While you're freezing your balls off in snow outs, she's going to Coachella and she's going to be sipping wine, uh, staring at hot European dudes. I'm, I just want to make sure this is right. That's exactly what's happening. While I am doing all that stuff, grinding, <laughs> playing baseball, <laughs> He's just living the dream. And you know what? I love it. I love it. Hey, if mama's happy, I'm happy. That's good for her. Good for her. Okay. Did I just see a nasty bruise on your arm? Yeah, I got a few of those. Oh, God. Life of a catcher. Jesus. Got them everywhere. Got them everywhere. Hey, you see the shirt I'm wearing for you? You see this? So I just see it. It's a no catch. What? Oh, God. Is that a ball in the balls? <laughs> Is that so, what that is? So, dude, this 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 picture went viral. Like, had to be close to ten years ago now. I'm catching a bullpen in spring training, like one of my first big league camps. And this dude throws a split finger that doesn't go down, and it like cuts. And I just basically miss it, and it hits off my chest, and then trickles its way down. And some idiot cameraman, freaking taking pictures, and must have got the ball on its way down right there. And like this thing went viral. And so the whole team that year, they, they made all these shirts. You know, what's super funny. They're like the most comfortable shirts you've ever had. And so like all of my friends, all my wife's friends, they all, it's like they're nighttime shirts. So anytime they like come over to my house and stuff, they're wearing this no catch shirt. This is like, I'm just getting crushed in the balls. Oh my God. That is great. Um, I guess I'll bring it up when you're a catcher. What is it like when you are, I mean, it happens so frequently, you'll get a foul tip, something like that. Doesn't, doesn't it make you want to quit what you do? Dude, I started wearing football pads. I'm wearing football pads on my legs this season. Ooh. So like, you know, the, the whole new wave of catchings, it's like one knee stance stuff. Yeah. And so I'm a big fan of it, but if I go down to one knee, that entire thigh groin area is just there's no protection i'm thinking to myself i'm like this is wild like what 
I, I need something because I got actually second to last game of spring training. I got a foul ball like right off the top part of the like of my knee where the pad isn't covering. And I was like, I can't have this happen. Like, can't have it happen. So we reached out to the Cleveland Browns and they sent us like all kinds of different football pads. And so I got these like Velcro style pads that go along with actual like football, like they're like slider leggings with like legit, like this thick pads on the knee, on the quad. And then I got these like Velcro pads that go all over everywhere else. And so you, I don't know if you can notice on TV, but check it out. I've got, it makes me look like I got absolutely monster quads. So, which is cool too, but. I did leg day today. Exactly. But I, no, I was like, no more. I can't do, I got hit by so many foul tips last year and I was playing through just bruises everywhere. And I'm, I'm like, no, yeah, I'm over it. So yes, got over it. Bad pads. Maybe I'm, I'm planning on reinventing catchers here at some point. I don't know how, but you know, it's kind of old. No, it is. People, people listening don't take my idea. This is my idea. It's right. mine. No, no, no. Okay, dibs. I got dibs. We have, we just like, patent it again. It can go in your whole, you know, two. patent closet that you've got. Anybody can have one patent, right? Uh-huh. Right. Just one. When you become a multi-patenter, when we get to the plural version of patent. Then I retire from baseball. That's just way cooler. Yeah, that's true. Now keep keep doing it because if you retire from baseball, then we can't make fun of you for when you trip over a bat after laying down a really good bunt. Dude, I've had I've had some bad luck bunting this season. It's not been good. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> you, bro, I got it was. I got there was like nobody in the stands, right? I don't know. In there at Kaufman. And there was just one fan right on top of the dugout that for the rest of the game, just casually, not even yelling, casually just wearing me out as my whole team is just listening and looking and just absolutely dying, laughing at me while also over and over on the iPad, just watching the replay and thinking it's the funniest thing in the world. And yeah, so you're welcome world for that entertainment as I don't know if you can tell, by the way, why I tripped. I went full perfect knee drive right into the barrel of that bat. So my knee absolutely smoked that thing. So not only that, like, kind of came off limping. Look at that knee drive barrel. Look at that. So it was painful. It was painful. (laughs) But, you know, part of me thought, I was like, hey, maybe Salvi's going to pick this ball up and throw the guy out at second base. So I, you know, I mean, Tito called sacrifice bunts. I was like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice myself. (laughs) You really lived up to the definition. I'm going to go down. You hear Sal be like, oh, oh no. He's <laughs> gonna come tag me. Hey, gets the job done. Embarrassing for the boys. That was nice. Hey everybody, the day is finally here. The 2022 Top Series One Baseball NFT collection drops today at 1 p.m. Eastern on topsnfts.com. So what you'll want to do is buy standard and premium packs of officially licensed NFT digital collectibles featuring your favorite players and teams from one of Topps' most popular sets. A standard pack, it comes with a guarantee of one rare NFT collectible in each pack, and a premium pack comes with a guarantee of one super rare NFT collectible in each pack. The highly anticipated release includes brand new products such as Stars of MLB Chrome, Generation Now, Ultra Short Print, Team Cube 2.0, and a special 1987 35th anniversary motion set. So head to topsnfts.com right now 
as this release is slated to sell out very, very fast. Uh, did you say anything to the to the fan in the stand? Like, you're funny. Uh, Good job, like my, like anything? A, uh, not not quite. We that's we saved that for Yankee fans only. Oh boy! I guess let's get to it. Let's start with the good. Um, on Saturday, when you smoke that home run, because you know, like ninety percent of our company are huge Yankee fans. Really? Oh yeah, ninety percent, including our you know our co-founders <laughs> John Boy and Jake. Okay. So so. No, they're just terrible you know, they, people. They're just bad people. I wish I could say it, but they're not. They're, you'll love them when you know. You really will love them when you. All right. Well, we'll see. They're they got they're, they're the first impression I have of if, if that's if they go by that label, first impression aren't always accurate, but they have some work to do. So when you hit that home run, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the best thing ever because I'm going to be able to talk shit to them because it was one of the guys in the Rose rotation who made the insufferable Yankee fans just eat it. I was like, you must have been so fired up when that happened. It was the it was the most ridiculous whirlwind of emotions for like an inning and a half. I was just I was the happiest guy in the world. And I was like, look at this. This is so cool. And then we tried to go fight a bunch of fans. So. <laughs> so you had a very different perspective than anybody else, because as a catcher, you see Glaber Torres get the hit. And I'm sure you're walking back to the dugout and you're not thinking a second thought of it. Right. Not yet. No, I, it, dude, it happened so fast. I swear the ball landed. And when the ball landed, beer cans were going at Mercado. And I was like, what in the world? And then I look at our dugout. I'm still like literally standing at home plate. I look at our dugout and our whole dugout is sprinting onto the field. I mean, we, we borderline beat the Yankees out onto the field when they won the game. I've never seen anything like it. How, when's it look at that. I mean, uh, at this point, our whole team is already in the outfield. Like, Ain't nobody ever won a big league game and then seen the visiting team come running out there and not to do anything to them. And then we were all like on the same page. It was crazy. Rizzo, Stanton, Judge, Garrett Cole, like they're all like, hey, like we got you. We got you. Like sent out some of the nicest texts afterwards, a bunch of their guys like saying like, you know, apologizing. Like we want to make sure you guys feel safe the next day. We're going to get extra security, blah, blah, blah. It was really cool. It was like, it was too bad, you know, that that, that happened with the fans, but uh, it was cool to see, you know, kind of both sides were like, hey, you know, we got to I mean, player safety isn't really important in this situation because that type of stuff could be nasty. Did you guys have a meeting about it afterward or anything? Um, not an official meeting. Um, I mean, to be honest, like when we got into the clubhouse, I, I kind of everyone was a little bit rattled. Um, I kind of yelled at them like I was pumped for us. I was like, you know, like. We rode together. That fired me up. I was like, something's happened. It's not always going to happen the cleanest in the best way, but all my guys all have each other's back and we love each other and we're going to go climb fences for each other. We don't care. And I thought that kind of set a tone um, for, for how much we care about each other. And it's just a, it's an awesome organization that we get to play for and all the humans we have around all love each other so much that, I don't know, a bunch of young dudes that have no service time in the big leagues. A lot of them first time playing at Yankee Stadium. That's their experience, and they didn't care. And we all went out there together. And honestly, I was I was proud of our guys. So 
as we just continue to dive into kind of what happened, um, did you talk to Miles Straw afterward? Yeah, I mean, my, my, it's not like that's not Miles' first rodeo. I mean, when you play center field for the Astros at Yankee Stadium, it's way worse. So, I mean, they some the things that I can't repeat on this show that they were saying to some of my teammates are just flat out not okay. And um, and we got an injured player, rookie who's never even been there, laying on the ground after basically sacrificing his entire body to go try and catch a ball. And the things that I heard that they're saying to him, Miles went up there and stuck up for his boy. And I love it. So, the you know, you're probably not privy to this, but there was a 30-second clip that was released of what was said towards Stephen Kwan. And it's uh, that's that's and that's just 30 seconds, bro. Right. That's the that's, thing. Th- that was my point. That's the evidence that they have, which is too bad because what Mercado and what Straw and Kwan all said. Uh, there's some different things, um, you know, videos of the videos, whatever, but. Mm-hmm. No, and that's my point. There, there's two different situations here. One is what happened with Stephen Kwan and, and Miles Straw over there. Okay, that happened. We, it's not the first time that athletes and fans have ever gone face-to-face. It's not. It has happened. It will continue to happen, unfortunately. That's fine. It, that does not justify fans throwing shit on the field. It just does not. You guys are there to entertain, but you're there to make a living. You are human beings, your husbands, your sons, your fathers. You should not be treated that way. And for anybody to say, well, Miles Straw up the ante, whether he did or didn't is irrelevant, in my opinion. It was, in my opinion, it was. I think we did zero things wrong and it was just really embarrassing for that fan base to do that. And it sucks because going and playing at Yankee stadium is all of our dreams. It's the coolest thing ever. We get to go play baseball at Yankee stadium where we've dreamed about being our whole careers or our whole lives. And we're all aware of bad fans and, you know, some shit talking and stuff. And we love it, you know, good shit talking. It's fun. It brings energy to the game. But when you cross the line, especially when you got, actual physically injured people uh, and, you know, emotions are high. And then you start crossing the line. It's just too bad um, because, um, you know, there's, there's no, there's no right way to respond as the athlete, at least. If you, if you do nothing, that's really the only way to do it. Then you're just sitting there while another human being is, or a lot of human beings are doing some things that are just flat out pretty fucked up. Right. So it's just it's 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 really really difficult to to win in that situation as the guys on the field. But man, the way I see it, I I thought it was I thought it was almost handled really well. I mean, you know, Straw did what he did, but he didn't go into the stands. He didn't say anything personal to that guy. You know, right? Compared to what they're saying to him, it's not even it's not even close. So. I think that, I I mean, I love going out and playing with rowdy fans. It's awesome. It brings energy, like I said, but if we, there's, there's a line where it's like, Hey, can we do, can we do this in good fun? Cause if if fans are talking shit to me, I like to give a little banter back and forth while, you know, with a smile on my face and then they end up liking it and we're kind of talking shit, but we're smiling, but you know, that's good. That's good. That's good fun. But if it's talking shit with a scowl on your face, it's like, Hey, what are we doing, dude? We're just, you know, it's Sunday afternoon at Yankee Stadium. This is tight. 
Let's be happy. Um, two other things, and then I'll move on. One is I really appreciate what the Yankees players did. I thought that was great. I really, really, you know, I mean, who's going to fuck with Judge and Stanton out there? You throw Fran Mill Reyes out there. We got the club pretty well protected, and we're good. And Gallo. Like, I'm all right. It was cool. Yeah, um, Rizzo grabbed Quan to be like, hey, bro, we got you. It's going to be okay. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's tight. That's just – Quan was telling me after how star – he was like starstruck. He's like, he's like, thank you, Mr. Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent. Now, so when you're in the on-deck circle, you're talking to fans? Sometimes. It depends on the situation. I'd say road games – for me, at least, maybe other guys get it more. I'd say 25% of at-bats on the road, on deck, you got some, you got someone or a group of people saying stuff, right? I'd say 25% of that 25, I'll turn around and say something smart with a smile on my face. But it's usually, I feel like a dumb comment that I just feel like the fans around that person heard that dumb comment. And it's going to be hilarious to make that fan feel like an idiot because all the other fans I know are like, that was a stupid thing to say. So things like that. When you were a fan growing up, were you, did you ever try and talk shit to, because I'll admit I did. And I feel so terribly now as like a father of two and an old man. You know, I mean, I, I do at other sporting events, but not baseball. I guess I never really, I haven't, I don't, I've never been like hammered at a baseball game as a fan. Right. But like, go, <laughs> like I got, I got season tickets to the chargers here. And when I went to those games and, you know, I've had a few pops on my Sunday afternoon. Ain't, ain't, nobody can hear me, but I might, I'm saying shit. Of course. Wow. Well, first of all, I can't believe that I found a charger season ticket holder. Let's stop with <laughs> it. I mean, really, it's just me. It's just me. I mean, I, Chargers is great and all, but dude, that stadium is something else. It, I know it's, it's ridiculous. Dude, you isn't get it? to I, if for the uh, so the Chargers are playing at one. You get there for the for the morning games, and that massive t- uh, screen is playing all of the morning games. So it's basically just like the greatest bar to watch a game before you get to watch Justin Herbert. It's sick. I didn't know you were a big Chargers guy. Life, life lifelong. No, I'm a lifelong Tom Brady lover. So I was a big oh. Patriots fan since I was a kid. Uh, it was hard. It was hard to be a Patriots fan. Uh, they yeah, didn't have a whole lot tough. of success. No. Um, uh, you know, made the casual it. transition to Tampa. You know, it was tough. They lost the first round. They won the first two years. Um, now, I, what, when I moved to San Diego, well, growing up, I didn't have a football team. In Orange County, like, no one's sure who to root for. The only thing I had was Dodgers uh lakers and mighty ducks uh but so those are my so those are my teams but football is kind of like your choice because everyone from orange county is from somewhere and so i remember when i was like nine years old it was uh it was tom brady's rookie year does the whole super bowl and i'm like that's my guy luckily for me i picked correctly and so he happened to be the wise choice to make my guy anyways uh then moved to San Diego, handful, you know, what a lot of years ago. And I was like, I want to adopt, I want to, I want a local team. And so I adopted the Chargers. And then like the next year they left. <laughs> I was like, what do I do? What do I do? But at least they got the new stadium. And dude, they were just flat out giving me season tickets away. 
my mom and I went to a Chargers game while they were playing at the soccer stadium with like 10,000 people. And they had this crazy uh, season ticket thing. The Rams for the same seats I got for the Rams are three. The Rams are three times more expensive. Same seats. He's charged. They're literally like trying to give away Charger season tickets. And I was like, yeah, actually, I could go to the stadium on Sundays in the offseason. And so we started doing it. And now, I mean, what division do you want to freaking have season tickets to? Russ, I mean, Patty Mahomes, Devontae Adams now. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. I know. It's a great home schedule. It's nice. By the way, the Chargers are at Cleveland this year. <sighs> Maybe worth a trip. Maybe worth a trip. That sounds miserable, though. A Cleveland Browns football game? It's just, what, is it going to be zero degrees no matter bite, what? Bite your tongue. Well, first of all, we don't know what time of year it's going to be. Hopefully what do you mean? It was eight, it's April right now, and it's snowing. What do you think it's going to be in December, Chris? Can I tell you? So, you know, I've been I have been to some fucking really cold Browns games. Really cold. But when it's even when it's like 38 degrees and it's big ba- and you're, it's like mid-april and you're watching a baseball game it feels like it's negative 12 because your mindset you're like it's april I bro there ain't it. nothing about the mindset that has anything to do with that freezing ass cold i'm i'm calling bullshit no way i get it but no way it's just cold it's just flat out fucking cold bro is it hard to catch a baseball when it's that cold for lesser athletes, but uh, it can be. Of <laughs> 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 uh, note, it was 82 degrees that day on that photo. <laughs> it had to be. I mean, that's Peoria, Arizona for you. Um, yeah, I can't imagine what it's like to try and catch a manual class A when it's like 37. Dude, I get so th- this finger just gets beat up. I get these like, so. It, it's just like, oh, and oh, Classe throws 100, right? But fuck, so does everybody. <laughs> Everyone throws hard. So every pitch I catch is like, bah, 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 bah. It's annoying. Do you have to get <laughs> hand massages during the year to feel better? A little bit. Oh, we got a great masseuse. Oh, my goodness. She's just mi- miracle worker. So, yes, she does. And she does. You ever had the, the top of your hands or the top of your feet massaged? It's the most painful thing you've ever experienced, but you get up and you feel like you're like, like from my feet, you weigh, like you weigh like a feather. It's awesome. Well, I always, uh, I asked them to do the little, uh, pudgy part in between my thumb and my forefinger. Yeah. Is that the hot spot or the, what is that called? I don't know. There's, uh, but I must carry a tremendous amount of stress in there. Is it super painful? Oh, it sucks. God, it's just horrible for me. I don't know. Like, I, if I'm doing this right now, I don't. I think I'll have to stop the conversation. I cannot take it anymore. Ooh, it does hurt. Um, all right. So you had to deal with uh, Otani and Trout last night. Are you just a? And then you'll have to, by the way, face Otani tomorrow. Are you amazed when that guy walks into the batter's box like he does the same thing that you do? Bro, I mean, but both of those guys. I just feel it sucks. Last year, Trout got hurt against us. Right. And, you know, it's a hell of a lot easier to navigate their lineup without him. But I'm like, dude, I get to face arguably the two greatest players in the world back to back. And it's just so much fun. My goodness. Colin, trying to get those guys out is like 
and they're both monsters, right? From both sides. It's just like Otani feels like he's 10 feet tall. <laughs> Trout's only like 6'2, but I swear when he stands in the box, he's eight feet tall. I don't get it. And he's on everything. I was doing my my scout reports for them, bro. <laughs> Mike Trout versus lefty and righty, fastball, curveball, slider, change, cutter. Just we have these heat maps. So like red is what he hits, uh-huh. blue is what he doesn't. The whole batter's box, red, red. I'm like, boys, you know, me and my boys hang with him. Uh, he hits all of your pitches really well, really consistently. We're just going to go play, okay? We'll see what happens. And do you see how he got his only freaking hit yesterday? Yeah, the check swing triple. <laughs> Jared Wall steps up. And he's like, only when you're the best player in the world does that shit happen for you. I'm like, right, dude. <laughs> Deeb's got out of that inning, though. It was tight. He sure as hell did, right. dude. Somebody hit a somebody hit a piss missile to uh, uh, Jimenez, and uh, I mean some. And then he Alston. made another play. Yeah, yeah. So if nice. you told me Shane Bieber's got runner on third, nobody out, and he's going to get out of the inning with zero strikeouts, right? I would have been. I couldn't believe it because in my mind, in that situation, we're up one run. It's punchy mode, right? It's we got Shane Bieber on the mound. We're throwing our, we are throwing strikeout pitches. We're not going, we're not trying to get ahead with, you know, a nice strike fastball. Uh uh-uh. uh. We're going our nasty shit from the get go. And I can, and it is, it is crazy. Two ground outs and a pop out. Baseball fans, it's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you could still take a swing at Stacks of Green with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Baseball Contests. New customers can play for free for thousands in prizes with their first deposit. Pick a lineup of two pitchers and eight batters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code ROSE, and bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets if your team wins their game. That's promo code ROSE at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. 21 plus restrictions apply. MLB trademarks used with permissions. See show notes for details. And back to the show. So you were talking about, do you run the the pitchers meetings? Like at the beginning of a series? What, what yeah, I don't, I don't, do? I don't, uh, I don't initiate. Uh, we have outstanding pitching coaches that initiate. And then I, they say kind of their, their main things. And then myself and if whatever catchers there, like Luke Maley right now with me, then we, then it's our turn. I just think it's nice to, it's different when it comes from a peer and it's different when it comes from the dude that's actually back there going to war with you. When I say it out of my mouth, you know when I'm doing what I'm doing that I like I'm saying this I'm doing it for a reason, and so I think it goes a long way. So when we have our meetings, our pitching coaches will start with kind of the focal points. You know, Trout, Otani, Rendon. We got to make sure we do this, this, and this. Here's the base runners. Here's who's super aggressive. Here's who's super, here's who's super patient. And then it's my turn to come in and kind of navigate how that's going to kind of flow. And a lot of it is dictated by the lineup. You know, it's like, okay, guys, we got maybe the two base, best baseball players in the world hitting back-to-back. What does that mean? You know, it's it's essentially it's we we got to control Trout. We got to we can't let Otani get on base, and we have to, like, we have to try and keep Trout to hitting solo homers. If Trout hits solo homers off us, we can win the game. So it's basically instead of 
really pitching around Trout and being afraid, it's like, let's just not let him have anybody on because he's not going to hit four solo homers in a game. He might hit one, might hit two, but still probably not. So let's just get the other guys out. And we did a really nice job, except for getting uh, Taylor Ward out um, because he hit two homers to win the game. But if he doesn't, like we talk about, so Trout didn't beat us. Someone else beat us, but that's, that's okay for me. We, at least we attacked these guys, trying to get them out. And the guys understood that. And that's still okay. It's like, you, you're going to go to go in bed being like, you know what? I challenge, I challenge this dude to beat me. That's okay. But if I'm out there challenging, throwing middle fastballs to Mike Trout, and then he beats me, I'm an idiot. What am I doing? Of course that happened. So I think it goes a long way when, uh, when the catcher kind of gives their point of view. So give me a, for instance, uh, I don't know if you're in the lineup tonight with Tristan McKenzie out there, but whenever it is, we, do you have a meeting with that day's starting pitcher? Yeah. So starting pitcher every day, starting pitcher every day, bullpen, first game of series. Uh, so like a day like today with Tristan, like that's just kind of like knowing your pitchers. Right. So like when you got a pitcher like Shane, you got breaking balls for days you got to figure out a way to, to pitch, right? I got to throw some backdoor cutters. I got to mix in some change-ups because I don't want to just show all of our fastball curveball sliders all the time. I, I, ideally, I'd like to save them because if I throw you two or three in your first at-bat, two or three in your second at-bat, big league hitters start learning pitches. No matter how nasty it is, now they've seen it and they know, okay, that's what that thing does. It's tough to, to learn it if you've seen other things. But then you got a guy like Tristan – and it's completely different. This is just one of the flat out best fastballs in the big leagues. It could be 90 and it could be 96. It doesn't matter. He's going to blow it by you. So I need to do, I need to figure out a way to make that play up and not be too stubborn with it, even though I know it's so good. And so that in my conversations with Tristan is going to be more like, when can we throw our breaking ball? When can we throw our slider? And where, and where do we need to throw our heater to get our best value. Is this a down and away up and in guy? Is this just straight blow his doors at the top of the zone the whole time? Kind of just knowing when to throw that heater. And then one thing I tell all these guys, whatever I say, it's first time through. So whatever I report is, is not a two time, three time or four time at bat thing. It is a one time through. And then we talk and we adjust. If we went out there and went nine up, nine down, shoved, we look at each other and go, same thing, make them make an adjustment. If we threw a lot of shit and, you know, they took some good swings, they worked some walks or something, it's like, hey, all right, Trout, we threw him seven straight fastballs this at bat. We got to mix in breaking balls here. He's too good. We can't, we can't pitch in the same way too many times. So we got to mix. So here's our adjustment here. Now, Otani, here's our adjustment here. Then after the second time through, if Tristan's still out there, once again, readjust. Okay, first time through, he went a bunch of heaters. Second time through, a bunch of breakers. So now maybe he's stuck in between. We got to kind of balance him out. What are we going to do? Curveball heater, curveball heater, maybe something like that. Then you got to see what stuff that pitcher's got today. If Tristan's going out there with 90, it's still going to be a really good fastball. But if he's going out there with 94, 95, those are some of the days where I might honestly call 90% fastball. And it's just that good. It's flat out that good. And it's like, if I got one of those, if Shane's going out there with his best slider and his best curveball, I, and he's thrown it for strikes too. I'm like, bro, we're just spinning everybody. You're not going to hit it. It's a wiffle ball. You just can't hit it. 
So knowing what I got that day and the bullpen doesn't count. You know, sometimes like, okay, let's go see what we have in the bullpen. Sorry, it doesn't matter. Perfect example, Trevor Steffen yesterday said he had the worst bullpen of his life. And I don't know if you saw him pitch against Mike Trout, but it was one of the most disgusting split fingers mm-hmm. you've ever seen in your life. And perfect example, if I, if, if I knew he had a bad bullpen or something wasn't working there, you take that into the game. I don't know what you got in the game. Pitching in a bullpen with no hitter in there and no money on the line, that doesn't matter. Once you step on the mound and you got people yelling at you and it's time to go face Mike Trout, now I get to know what you have. So it's kind of just knowing what I got and keeping the communication going constantly. It's really interesting shit. I think I've been around this game for three decades and I don't exactly know what goes on. So thanks for enlightening our crowd. That's cool. Um, Have you used Pitchcom? Love it. Yes. Who, uh, who digs it? Uh, which of the pitchers really likes it? Everyone. I think some guys were a little sketched out at first, but uh, once I started using it, um, I was able to kind of convince them that I think it's actually a uh, benefit. I think it is more beneficial to use Pitchcom than not. Like I think it has total. I think it has run value. I think it's worth less runs over the course of the season. Example A: When you go face the teams that love picking signs, we don't need to name any names. They can't do it anymore. And they're really good at it. Let me tell you, the teams that are good at it are really good at it. I'm in, and I'm back there trying to come up with unique sequences. I'm going like, oh, let's go three, one, two, one, three, two, one. Like next pitch, try and call the same pitch with a different sequence. It's a, it's a lot of thinking going on away from simply just trying to get this motherfucker out, which is the only thing that matters. So with a pitch com, I can just be like, fastball down and outside like (laughs) nobody knows and it's great i can just stick to we can float and the pace is good the pace picks up i think with more people using pitch com should eliminate the concept of a pitch clock eventually Hmm. okay i think it's really speeding games up then the next part you get three other position players to wear it to hear what's going on now I get Miles Straw, gold glove caliber center fielder, knowing slider or fastball is coming. That's that's leaning one way or the other, and that's at least one more step on that bases loaded double in the gap that he dives and catches versus three runs scored. So I tell my pitchers, I'm like, would you rather zero runs scored or three runs scored? Oh, yeah. Interesting, right? <laughs> Shortstop, second base, both get it. That's jumps in the infield. That's easier communication to be able to relay it to your corner infield. Easier information for the center fielder to relay it to the corner outfield, where essentially we could have nine dudes on the field all knowing every single pitch that's coming, and we're all leaning the same way together. And not only that, you can call pickoff plays. It's Sometimes it's tough to call uh, pick plays and stuff because you got coaches, you got people watching, you got to be creative like doing stuff. Now I can literally – click for the second base and be like, Hey, back pick. <laughs> Boom. Like, okay. It's great. That's awesome. It's yeah. really good. It's a, uh, it's a real, I, I, I was a little sketched out, but I think it's an absolute game changer until it, someone taps into it. And that'll be hilarious. Oh, they start stealing it. They start using interference. Oh, I mean, come on now. You know, take me down that road. It's only a matter of time. People, oh. it, people like winning, bro. It's just that people like winning. You can't blame oh, God, them for liking just, winning. It was so fun until 
I mean, I loved every bit of what you just said until you ruined it. I'm just being realistic. You, if you don't think people will try and find a way to cheat at some point, I think we're being naive. But can I live in my little fantasy world? Please? You can. You can live in your second? fantasy world knowing that people are still trying to figure this thing out. I'll tell you what, the weird one weird thing about it. So the catcher has this like tube that goes down. So the tube like makes the sound specific into your ear uh, where the pitcher doesn't have that. So it's loud, right? Where like right. if I had that one, the hitter could hear it. It's eerie, man. It's because it's so loud specifically in my ear that like in my mind, I'm like, there's no way this dude didn't just hear curveball. <laughs> like, I'm kind of, I'm looking to see if he flashed like, thanks, bro. <laughs> but it's so loud. But if that little tube just just wanders above my ear, I can't hear anything. It's crazy. It's 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 trippy. It's really trippy. That's awesome. Funny. Um, you know, so I've had a couple of pitchers on uh, since PitchCom started. Giolito. Trevor May and I asked them if there was a certain voice they would want. Giolito's dad used to golf with Samuel Jackson, so he's going to try and get him to record it. Trevor May said the late Gilbert Gottfried. He wants his. He wants like curveball, like, <laughs> which is a little strange to me. But we use my voice. I recorded, recorded it. Yeah. We even made one of the things. If a guy makes a good pitch, if I hold down one of the buttons, it goes fuck yeah. <laughs> oh it's so great bro we had so lava steed was catching tristan one of his last outings tristan makes a big pitch and he's almost never like excited on the mound and lava clicks the fuck yeah button and tristan doesn't know that it was a thing and he's like yeah <laughs> it was so great it was so great oh that is beautiful. Hey, I That's even did really the fun. Spanish one. We're trying to transition Classe and some of the Latin guys into using it. I'm just trying to have them practice it and be comfortable with it. But I went out. We had our translator, and he's telling me, like, all the pitches. I'm trying my my best Espanol. And uh, so I'll be – we thought it would be interesting to have actually my voice uh, telling the pitchers what I want. That's good. Yeah. I like that. How do you communicate – when there is the language barrier i got i got bueno espanol for baseball so how would you say it how would you say if you were to have a conversation with me and i don't speak much english a little bit but not much it would be about 50 50 english spanish with a lot of hand gestures like what take me through something you, ah, you want me papi. okay okay tranquilo tranquilo Necesito un erecta pa fuera, okay? No erecta pa dentro. Posible el lighter, muy abajo, okay? Muy abajo. No el lighter in la zona, okay? Entiendo? Okay, vamos. What did you just say? I heard you say say something about maybe standing up. Nope. I was like, I need, I was like, chill, chill. I need fastballs away, no fastballs in. And if we go slider, I need it very low under the zone. No sliders in the zone. Okay. It's good. So that's how I'd be like, class A, like, I need fastballs away, and I need all our breaking balls underneath. No heaters in, no slider strike. And if I tell them that, now when I go call my pitches, it, it's, it's, there's an understanding. Like, hey, if I call slider, this bitch got to be down. You know what I mean? 
Okay. We're good. We're good. Um, when Jose got his extension, I know we talked right about it. Like we were maybe a few days ahead of it, something like that. And you were saying, yeah, listen, I hope, I hope. I went to bed one night because I got a call from somebody who was very close to the Padres organization. Very close. He said, can Jose Ramirez play second base? I was like, why? He goes, I think we're getting him tonight. I was like, what? I went to sleep thinking that Jose Ramirez was a San Diego Padre. And the next morning I wake up and I read the extension. And I was like, oh, oh. Were, were you guys like the same way? That's exactly how we felt. And I'm pretty sure Will Myers was in that trade. And I was like, Will, I do not want to see you. I want my Jose Ramirez. Okay. You stay in San Diego. <laughs> wow. I don't know how we would have gotten Will Myers out of that thing. We That's what I heard. I, I, was, I was texting Will because I was like, hey, man, what? we're hearing some, we were hearing all the rumors. And he goes, bro, if this happens, I'm in this trade. Wow. Yeah. But we kept him and oh my, oh, everyone was. I mean, first of all, everyone's thrilled for him because he deserves all the money in the world as the best baseball player ever. And we're all happy to have him. I mean, we, it, there ain't nothing like having him hit three hole for you every day. I know it's pretty solid. Good. All right. We're all on the same page. Let's uh, spin the wheel of moderately interesting things before we let you go. I don't know if I did this one with you visitors section. I don't think so. Yankee stadium. Uh, Oh, yeah. Is that what you said? <laughs> that's funny. Ah, that's funny. I <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. Maybe Miles Straw should answer this one. Um, <laughs> best visiting clubhouse. What is it? <laughs> well, Yankee Stadium for food. We literally just got done playing there. I, there's probably a lot of great restaurants in New York. And the Yankee Stadium visiting clubhouse is better than all of them. Dude, you have three different... So like buffet spread style, you have three different cooks of three different types of meat. You got medium, medium rare, medium well, filet mignon, and ribeyes. Then you get into the fish, then you got pastas, salads, sushi. They got like a $10,000 Keurig machine in there. It's the coolest food experience ever, but New Texas, in Atlanta are also awesome. They're really, really, they're just, they're new, they're big, uh, good food, just everything about it's really, really cool. Doesn't suck being a major leaguer, don't you no. love it? No, it doesn't suck. It's awesome. It is. What do you think you would have done if you hadn't been good at baseball? Did you have any other interest in something? <sighs> no. I had no interest in anything. Thank God you could see ball, hit ball, and block balls in the dirt. See ball, catch ball. That's my thing. See ball, catch ball. <laughs> We're working on the other stuff, damn it. We're working on the other stuff, but I don't know. Probably been a high school baseball coach. Hey, yeah, you would have been a fun one. I would have been a fun one. I would have loved yelling at little kids. That'd be great. Stop it. You don't have to yell at them to get the best out of them all. That's the how I was trained, and it works. Oh, my God. Stop the cycle right now. They, some of those entitled little Orange County kids deserve to be yelled at. That is true. You. That is true. That is true. All right. Um, listen, dude, it's always great catching up with you. I really, I appreciate you taking time because I didn't know you were visiting your wife. I wouldn't have scheduled it now. I hope she doesn't hate me. No, she loves it. She, she and the family can't wait to, uh, can't wait to watch one of theirs. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, at some point we'd love to have her on. I mean, this is, this is a family show. We like bringing we in family members. It's always, as long as she's comfortable, we're, we're good with it. We'll get her. Right. I'm trying to get, we'll, we'll get Quantrill. I'm gonna, I think there's, I think Quantrill will be good, good stuff because he, uh, he loves making fun of me and you'll probably get a kick out of that. Oh, then he's done. He's signed in. He might replace you actually. if he. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. We'll get him on. Now, I would I would normally come down and see you in Anaheim. I can't though because I've got my NFL draft prep this week, and uh, so mm. I'll be in Vegas covering that. Which is also but, super important. It's very important. You'll be well. You'll be. Watching. I need can I, so speaking of that before Quantrill comes on too. So Quantrill won the Padres fantasy football league two years ago, and the Indians won last year, back to back fantasy football champ. And he's Canadian. What the hell is happening? So I'm not. It's not okay with me. I'm going to need some insight. I think we need to work. I need you to help me bring a ring home to the Guardians fantasy league. This is okay. I know my football. I at least think I'm average on television when it comes to talking football. I suck at fantasy football. I will put you in in hold on. My two kids who are 21 and 16, Josh the older one has won our league twice. Brady pays so much attention to it. Like every Tuesday, like your waiver wire claims come in on Wednesday morning. He's like, dad, I'm thinking of getting, I was like, stop. I don't want to talk to you about it. Like <laughs> focus on your schoolwork. I'll talk to you about anything else except your waiver wire pickups on Wednesday. I'm not doing okay, it. Well, I need, I need the waiver wire pickup talk. I need the help. He'll help you. Hey, if Cal, those- if Cal wins, I told Cal, if he wins a third year in a row, I will retire from fantasy football. That is my deal. I can't do it. I can't take another year of him telling me how great he is. I can't do it can't wait to have him on by the way i showed him i i showed him to my uh wife i said he might be joining myself and austin hedges she goes oh he's he's cute he's very handsome oh don't say that it's, he's not i think it was it, i think he's it was not. the thick hair i think it was no thick he's hair. not cute his dad was way better looking than him see what this is a problem she's been staring at this for almost 30 years so really you're good, anything you're a good looking cat i he remember back be. you you were better looking on the best damn sports show but now you kind of huh what You're younger. You're younger. Bruce agrees. See that? Bruce! That's rough. I mean, I've got it's a still good. You've got a little gray now. That's okay. You're a silver fox. She makes me shower with my clothes on. That's how bad it is these days. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Uh, always great catching up with you. And by the way, I'll see you when you guys are out at Dodger Stadium here in June or whatever month that is. Okay? Awesome. Fair enough. All right, Rosie. All right, uh, for our outstanding producer, the one and only Robbie Scirocco and Austin Hedges Pooches, Bruce Wayne and... uh, Bo Jackson. Yeah, Bo Jackson. I am Chris Rose, and we will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.